You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I am Roger B., and this is the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio. Today we got plenty to talk about. There are so many people saying so many things. Oh, my gosh. And if you want to contribute to the conversation or give me a topic or have some criticism, constructive or otherwise, you can send me an email at roger at americaswebradio.com. And I might even answer you. Who knows? But they should be so lucky. That's right. Or you can go to America's Web Radio Facebook page right now and see the live feed. Now, as I have a face for radio, I don't know why you would want to do that, but you can hear without having to watch it, which should make you a little, you know, a little less disturbed. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump in right away because... Well, your, your black eye's better. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mr. Armandariz. <laughs> Yes, that, folks, that was my fault. That's right. If you're watching, I do have a little bit of a black eye left. You know, we should have came up with a great story about it. Oh, that. I know what happened. I was walking around, ran into Mike Tyson. I called him a pussy, and he, and he hit me. <laughs> I, 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 can we say that on the air? I don't know. Well, we, just we just did, did. like nine times. <laughs> I was going to go with the fake Hispanic O'Rourke tried to take away your AR-15. You know, I re- now this is unverified, undocumented, I can't prove this, but in a private conversation with O'Rourke, I was talking to him, and I said, hey, Beto, want to hear a joke? He said, sure, why not? I said, my AR-15. He gave me a very puzzled look and said, I don't get it. I go, that's right, and you never you will. never will. <laughs> well, let's... <laughs> You know, Roger, that uh, I think he was just awarded the uh, Salesman of the Year. No, no, he got Salesman of the Month so far. We're still working on year. I mean, Obama has had Salesman of the Gun Salesman of the Decade. He has put more guns in people's hands than any other president in history. And I applaud him for that. That's right. Golf up. Yes, yes, yes. I applaud him for that. I thank him. He made the technology come to bear. He brought prices down, finally. Now, initially, prices were high because demand was high. And as soon as the supply caught up, oh, my goodness, prices dropped. You can buy an AR-15 now. I was at a gun show this weekend. Oh, heaven forbid. And, yes, they were still making you fill out forms if you bought a weapon. Something they've been doing for quite a while. Forever. And they had AR-15s for three ninety nine. So there you go. That was the the fake Hispanic Beto special. Oh, there are companies out there. Actually, I think I have some of this. Yes, yes, yes. I knew you would. AR-15s are flying off the shelves in an Arizona gun store when they include the Beto special. That's right. A gun store is cashing in on gun grabber Beto O'Rourke. Let's just call him Robert Beto O'Rourke by offering Beto specials on select AR-15s. <laughs> and this, of course, all happened during the Democratic primary debate in Houston. A struggling candidate, Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, vowed to seize every American's AR-15. <laughs> and the worst thing about this was the crowd cheered as if they had some triumphant victory when they when they heard he was going to take AR-15s. They cheered. Do yeah, these how peop- sad is that? Do these people have any idea what the Second Amendment means? Oh, my gosh. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah, they know what the Second Amendment is, but they want, they want to take it away. You know, yeah. You know, the Constitution doesn't mean change. It needs to be reread, perhaps, so people understand what it means. 
hell. There but anyway, you know, this co- the, with his high impact, high velocity rounds that shreds when it hits your body, it's like, oh, come on. It's a 22 bullet. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But anyway, so this store decided that they were going to just do something to, to help out gun sales. I mean, Beto got it started, and now they decided to have Beto O'Rourke specials on many of their AR-15s and AK-47s because he wants to take all those away. Now, there's also another company, I believe it's Century Arms, had a coupon, a discount code that was, uh, what was it? B-E-T-O. That's B-E-T-O. Right. Beto was the discount code on AK-47s and AR-15. So if you want to get a good deal on one or get a discount, you can go to the Arizona Gun Store, which may be a little far from some of you, or just go to Century Arms, and I believe they are still running the Beto coupon code special on ARs. Let's and sell AKs. them out, folks, because it happened the other day. There was, uh, there's, I think it was the place in Arizona that did a special, and they were sold out in two days. Oh yeah, they said the AR-15s are flying off the shelves there. I say we put an AR in every home, well, oh, every law-abiding citizen home. That's right, that's right. Every law-abiding citizen yeah. who can't own one should own one. If you don't own an AR-15, and Gonzalez, I'm talking to you, uh, you should probably buy one soon. <laughs> That's right. They, well, you can't say they're too expensive anymore. No, you can't. You can't. I mean, <laughs> they are becoming less expensive than even a basic hunting rifle now. Not to say you can't hunt with an AR-15. You can. Exactly. And, of course, now also, on top of that, let's see if I can find that, that the uh, Congress has now passed, the Congress passed, a magazine ban. Pay no attention to what I'm doing, Roger. You're Go holding ahead. in front of the camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Congress has now passed a magazine ban, yeah. and I don't know how many of you have um, lived through this before. Because back in 1994, they passed a magazine ban, or what they called the crime bill. It was more than just a magazine ban. It was a... Magazine banned on anything more than 10 rounds. It limited things with pistol grips, with muzzle brakes, with all kinds of crazy things. And it was called the crime bill. And people were, were, I remember this, people were frantically running around trying to buy as many standard capacity magazines as they could because they were all of a sudden limited to these restricted capacity magazines. Now, the Democratic House has passed this gun control bill to limit magazines to 10 rounds. I don't know why they think 10 rounds is some magical number that's going to keep everybody safe. <laughs> because that's as, as far as they could count. Oh, you're they right. Beat me to it. <laughs> they only have 10 fingers, and without taking their shoes off, that's as high as they can go. That's called a Democrat. Hey, Democrat, I like it. I can only count to 21 when I'm in the shower, so. <laughs> well, actually, 21, 22, 23. Think about it. I don't want to know. Think about it. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so they're going to try and pass this law, 10 rounds of ammunition. <laughs> and they're trying to pass, you know, of course, they're also trying to get assault, a quote-unquote assault rifles banned, even though they already have been completely restricted since 1934. Somebody needs to remind these uh, Democrats that AR does not stand for assault rifle. Of course not. It's Armalite. Armalite. What if we change... Now, wait a minute. Let me ask you this. Perhaps if everybody got AR-10s instead, they're 33% less dangerous than a 15. Right. At least. 
So with that, that that would be perfect logic for a liberal or a hypocrite or a Democrat. So somebody needs to come out with an AR1. An AR1. I like it. So that way it's 14 less than a 15. 14 less than a 15. (laughs) Of course, for those of you who know, the AR10 fires a much bigger, more dangerous bullet than an AR15 does. Don't tell anybody. And these morons are still trying to ban things that they have no idea what they they're talking no idea about. What they're talking about. There was that one idiot, the thirty clip magazines. He could, he didn't even know what any of the words meant, and he just kept spouting them off as if he was some sort of expert about ghost guns. Yeah, thirty magazine clips per second. I was going, I have no idea what that means, and I'm pretty well versed in gun terminology. And this guy had me completely confused. And apparently these guns do it all by themselves, thus they are assault weapons. Now, if you use a, a rifle for defense, does that make it a defense rifle Absolutely. instead of an assault a rifle? A doctor. <laughs> a doctor of defense. DR. That's right. Yeah, a defense rifle. A defense. DR. A, a DR-15. I like it. That's what my... Yes, we're going to... That's great. We're going to rename... Well, we'll just rename it right now. Legend, DR. Legend Dave just came up with that one. That's that we right. got. That's why they call him the Legend. <laughs> the DR15, Defense <laughs> Rifle 15. It is no longer an AR15. No. We're going to get rid of the Armalite tag and just go with Defense Rifle 15. So you let uh, the fake Hispanic Beto let it, let him let him know he can have all the AR15s. He just can't take our DR15. Yes, because now we. Identify, we identify as a defense rifle. I, my weapon identifies as a defense weapon. Absolutely. And I will not stand for anyone offending my DR-15. Don't misgender or misidentify my rifle. <laughs> and She is a DR-15. <laughs> and I'm tired of the fake Hispanic Beto. He's already culture, what do they call it, culture appropriating. I will have none of that on my DR-15. That's right. She will remain a defense rifle. You call her an assault rifle, that's offensive. That's offensive. And I'm offended by that. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, the House passed this magazine ban, and they passed an assault rifle ban. There's only one problem. We have a Republican Senate right now, and they have vowed not to let any of these bills come to a vote or be voted on. So, you know, they're still defending our Second Amendment rights for now. For now. However, I do worry tremendously about any time politicians are put in charge of doing anything because <laughs> they never seem to get anything done properly, on time, we need or a, legally. We need a good old-fashioned government shutdown. That's what we need. Then they wouldn't be able to confiscate anything. Exactly. You know, I was reading the other day that they want to confiscate uh, like 100 million guns from millions of – or 300 million guns from 100 million Americans – and they want to go door-to-door and do this. And I'm like, you know, they can't even stop a telemarketer from calling me. <laughs> no, they can't. Your little DR. <laughs> O'Rourke may try to impeach it. Oh, this is true, too. <laughs> That's the new new flavor of the month. Impeach everything. Impeach them, yes. Impeach the DRs. Mm-hmm. No, he's not in favor of, of deporting anybody. And if my DR identifies as a Hispanic defense rifle. Hey. Uh, right. If O'Rourke wants to deem my gun illegal, well, then I'm going to create a sanctuary city for my gun. That's right. My house will become my sanctuary city. I'm going right. to get my own township. You know, there's nothing like using liberal idiocy against them. I know. They just don't. It's crazy. Uh, like I say, the government. Roger, are you going to be able to afford the taxes? Uh yeah, there is that's, that. That's that is coming. <laughs> yeah. They started by trying to tax ammunition. Ammo. 
Because, you know, a gun without ammunition is just a club. club. An expensive club, <laughs> an but expensive a club. club. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Roger, That we joke about it, but uh, if... If the fake Indian Warren or the socialist Sanders or Babylon Biden or, uh, God forbid, fake Hispanic O'Rourke or uh, Spartacus Booker, Booker, (laughs) if any of them got elected, then the the amount of taxes that they're talking about putting on people, they're not going to stop with ammo. They'll start. They'll do every. I mean, it's it's going to I hate to think if that actually happens, how things would proceed from there. I still think voting is the best way to keep things, preserve our rights, to keep things from from losing our constitutional rights. The courage to vote and the courage to vote maybe differently than you were raised tell, being told you had to vote. Well, look at the issues. See where this, the, your party stands or where your candidate stands. I'm not pushing one party over the other at all. I'm telling you, vote for the person who most likely represents your beliefs. I mean... <laughs> and if you're a gun owner, it ain't a Democrat. <laughs> not so far. They have not shown any leniency towards anybody who's a gun owner, whether they're legal or not. Now, I understand, illegal gun owners, I hold them very little respect. Well, what about the Black Panthers? As long as they are legally as allowed as to legal. own a weapon, they can have a gun. <laughs> yeah. The white supremacist, the black supremacist, the Chinese supremacist, I don't care who they are. If they're legally allowed to own a gun, they can have a gun. You know, those Chinese supremacists, we got to watch out for them. <laughs> I know. Watch your cats. No, yeah, they might have. <laughs> you know, but that's a that's a good point, though, Roger, and, and that's what your show's about. The lawful owning and the lawful, let's say, practicing of the Second Amendment. Right. I want somebody next to me who's a protector, defender of the Constitution of the Second Amendment. I could care less what color you are, what mm-hmm. country you originated from, or even what planet you come from. As long as we share the belief in defending the Constitution, I will stand by you, brothers and sisters, and do this. We'll be right back. This is America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And just before we left for the break, we were talking about the politicians who want to take all the guns away. 
Beto O'Rourke in particular started this. The fake Hispanic. The conversation, the uh, the diatribe, the language, the discussions. Let's take everybody's AR-15s away. Let's take everybody's AKs away. And whatever else they deem to be an illegal weapon. Now, just recently, this has happened in New Zealand. In New Zealand, they decided, you know what? We had a shooting. We're going to take everybody's gun away who we think is not a proper gun for somebody to own. And who made that judgment? The government. And I wonder how long it's going to be. When they pass a law saying you're not allowed to have an AR-15, an AK-47, a HK-91, a, a G-3, a whatever it is, a SCAR, I could go on and name lots of these, but we're going to stick with the AR-15s, AKs as our standard baseline. Who's to say they don't start extending that to other places? Who's to say your scoped hunting rifle isn't going to be reclassified as a sniper weapon? So all of a sudden, your deer rifle is a sniper weapon. Now you own a weapon of war. Oh, we're going to take that away also. Oh, your twenty-two pistol that you practice with? Well, that's used by assassins a lot, so that's an assassin's weapon. We're going to take that away too. You can see where this is going. It's going to come to the realm of ridiculousness. They're going to reclassify every weapon in some way to be some horrid thing, and they're going to try and take it away because their goal is to take the guns away. That's entirely, that's their fact, that's their their end goal. And I'm going to read you a little something that I saw today that made me think about everything like this. Okay, the only reason after 243 years that the government now wants to disarm you is that they intend to do something that you would shoot them for. Exactly. If they're trying to disarm you, they're going to do something that you're not going to like and would get them in big trouble, and you may want to shoot them over. So, obviously, they're preparing for something bigger than this. This is phase one. Take the weapons away. Make people defenseless. Then it's much easier to do whatever you want. You know, and our government was supposed to be small. It was supposed to be run by the people. And one reason why the Second Amendment even existed was to be able to fight tyranny if it ever appeared in the government to be able to stop the government from going beyond their their bounds, from going beyond their legal limits of what they're allowed to do. That's why the Second Amendment was there. Paul Revere did not ride through the streets of Massachusetts, Boston, and yell, the deer are coming, the bears are coming, the raccoons are coming. No, he yelled, the British are coming. He, we weren't. The Second Amendment is not for deer hunters. Granted, it defends your right to own a weapon for deer hunting as well as anything else. But it was written originally to keep the people armed, to keep the government honest, and to stop any possible tyranny. As you have to remember, when America was founded, it was a colony of, of Great Britain. And Great Britain ruled the colony. The colony there considered themselves British subjects. But after a couple hundred years, they started evolving or changing their ways a little away from what the British wanted, and then the British decided to tax them to pay for all their mistakes. But the people in America could not vote. So it eventually led to the Revolutionary War, which led to our freedom and the creation of one of the greatest nations on Earth still. I don't care what you say. It's still one of the greatest nations on Earth. The great thing about it is if you don't think it is, you can vote to change it. Or if you don't like the way things are here, you don't like our Constitution, you don't like the rights you have here, you're free. Free to leave. Go somewhere else. See if it's any better somewhere else. Go live in North Korea for a while. 
Go live on, you know, somewhere in South America. I hear Venezuela is actually looking for people right now. They're having trouble finding enough people to grow food. So just step on up. Speaking of Venezuela. Okay. Uh, tomorrow, or uh, I'm sorry, Thursday, we start two new shows. One at 1 o'clock that's in uh, English, and at 2 o'clock it's in Spanish, and it's called Let's Talk Venezuelan. And it's going to be the truth about what's going on there. You know, we've, we've been bagged on the truth. Oh, yeah, socialism. Imagine that. Yeah. And um, so starting Thursday, uh, we're going to be talking about what's happening in Venezuela. Yeah, to follow that timeline is really amazing because I think it's back in the uh, 80s, they were the fourth richest country in the world. And look at them now. They can't afford to feed their own people. People can't find anything to eat. It's amazing that would happen in a civilized, industrialized country today. But that's what happens when government gets too powerful. But you can tune into those shows and listen to the take from people who have probably spent more time there than I have. Yeah, they're, uh, both of them are Venezuelans that, that uh, have come here. They've gotten their citizenship. They are citizens. And, in fact, Josie's running. Josie Cruz, one of the, the lady that's going to be doing the uh, um, English part of it, I think. Uh, but, anyway, be that as it may, she's also going to be she's running for office. Oh, okay. In the 7th uh, District, I Oh, she's running for, for, for the U.S. Congress in the 7th uh, yes. District? Hanky, Hanky Poo. Oh, that'd be the 4th District. 4th District. Okay. Yes, so District 4, <laughs> Hank Johnson. Hank, yes. Hank, let's sink Guam Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> it's tilting, it's tilting. That was just when he moved <sighs> his lips. Uh, I cannot believe that Navy officer stood there and held a straight face while he was talking to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Okay, back to the guns, the weapons, the politics of guns and weapons. We go to Baldwin County, Alabama. It's not your average quiet morning in this suburban neighborhood. The Baldwin County Sheriff's Department reports that a homeowner shot an intruder that entered the house while she was taking a bath. You know, that's probably, to me, that's probably one of the most vulnerable places to be is in your bathroom. Either showering, taking a bath. In fact, there was a story a couple weeks ago about a guy who used his shower gun... To defend against an intruder. <laughs> now, that is some place I have not explored the idea of mounting a waterproof box with a gun in the shower yet. Although, that made me think about it. But anyway, the woman was in the bathtub and her two children were also in the house. Apparently, they heard somebody moving in their house, came running into the bathroom. They were obviously very scared, so the woman took it seriously. She told the children to leave the house. The children were too scared. They wanted to stay with her. Now, this presents a bit of a problem, but you know what? She she went on, she found her purse, got her pistol, got her own personal handgun. Apparently, she was walking through the house trying to do some investigating, ran into the intruder, and then a scuffle ensued. They were fighting over the gun, and the homeowner managed to shoot the intruder. That's one of those crazy things where you kind of think about that. You know, do you know your house well enough to be able to walk around and figure out where everything is? Would you accidentally run into somebody if you were looking for them? Now, I don't know. I assume this was during the day if the kids were awake and she was taking a bath. It doesn't really say what time it was. And now at night, it would be a little different because if the lights were off, you wouldn't see anybody and you would have an advantage. But, you know, after the initial, the, she got, the intruder got shot in the stomach and she'll make a full recovery. But they were, uh, 
interviewing her neighbors afterwards, and they were shocked because this is supposedly a quiet, nice neighborhood where things like this don't normally happen. So it's a good lesson for everybody. Even if you live in a calm, quiet neighborhood, you're never more than one crazy intruder away from a life-or-death situation. So be prepared. You know what? Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Or as they say in Latin, civis pacem parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. There's no better deterrent than somebody who's armed to defend themselves, their family, to keep thugs, intruders, people who want to take your freedoms, take your things away from you or hurt your family. No better way to defend yourself than to be armed and be your own first responder. That's right. Be the one that your family looks to when they need to be defended against intruders, against thugs, against anybody who might do them harm, take their lives, damage property. You are the first responder. Be that person. Otherwise, you have to get on the phone, call somebody with a gun, and hope they get there in time. And when seconds count, cops are only minutes away. So be your own first responder. Okay, real quick. Part of being a good citizen and having your own weapon is getting the proper training to know how to use it and not be a detriment rather than a benefit to yourself and to your family, to others around you. Now this, you know, accidents do happen. Everybody says that. You've probably said it yourself before. I accidentally dropped a cup of water on the floor the other night. You know, it happens. It's an accident. However, when you're dealing with firearms... You have to be extremely careful. There is no room for carelessness, no room for error. You have to be a safe, responsible owner and handler all the time. There's no time when you can let this slide. You know, being the expert that you are on weapons, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, just, we'll restrict it to pistols because they're generally the ones that uh, – people seem to have a problem with it. You know, I've been around weapons ever since the Red Rider BB gun. and uh, You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. That's, that was, yeah. Anyway, um, but there's truth in that as well. But the one that I really have a problem with is the person that accidentally kills themselves while they were cleaning the gun or <sighs> shoots somebody else while they were cleaning their pistol. I... In a, I check, double check, and triple check to make sure there's nothing in the chamber or in the revolver. You know. It's oh a, yes. How do you? How, you know, I've never figured that one out. Even with you know, and I tell people, even new people just learning to handle guns, always check it to see if it's loaded. If you don't know how, get someone to show you, and don't let them just check it and hand it to you. Get them to show you how to check it. Look for yourself, and even after you do that. Don't point it at something you don't intend to shoot. That's kind of... Quite frankly, a lot of these folks, you know, they're ripping through cleaning their weapon, and uh, they are experienced. It's not all the ones that have just their first time Oh, right, right. And I, I just, you know... I had a friend who was walking through his house. He just got his rifle back from being worked on or serviced or something, and he was, um 
walking around the house and he was pointing the weapon at certain things and he ended up pulling the trigger when he was pointing it at one of his wife's big flower pots, blew the things to complete shreds. He never checked it to see if it was loaded after he got it back from the service place. They apparently gave him back a loaded weapon and didn't check it. That's why you always check your weapon. You never know. Well, these guys apparently, these are, okay, first of all, these guys were, (laughs) <laughs> they were safety officers at a range, apparently, teaching a class. So let's go to this. Two of them went to the hospital Sunday with gunshot wounds after accidentally firing a gun at an event at the shooting range. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Apparently, one safety officer apparently attempted to give a demonstration by using a dummy weapon. But he grabbed a real gun by mistake. The man fired the gun while his hand was in front of it. The bullet traveled through his hand and into the abdomen of the second safety officer. <laughs> so he got a two-for-one with this one. <laughs> oh, now, I don't know what kind of dummy weapon they were using, but most of the time, if you're going to be official about it and provide official training, they have what they call blue guns. They're lumps of plastic. They don't function. You can't put anything in them. They're just molds of actual weapons. Obviously, they were not using this one. Um, They were probably using some sort of dummy gun, a little airsoft gun or something. Now, unfortunately, blue guns are not cheap. They're expensive. They're 50 to 70 bucks each. The rifles are over $100. And an airsoft gun can be had for 10 or 12 bucks. So I understand they decided to use an airsoft gun probably for training didn't pay attention, picked up the wrong one, shot himself in the hand, went through his hand into his partner's stomach. Never a better way to teach a lesson than by demonstrating the wrong way to do something. Those people in that class will probably check every weapon three times before ever pointing it anywhere and be careful where they where they do it. And I'm thinking, even if it was an airsoft gun, still, you can put an eye out with that. Check it first. See if there's a... <laughs> A BB in the chamber. You don't want to hurt anybody. But anyway, so, you know, that's why it's called an accidental discharge, because they didn't mean to do it, I'm sure. But anyway, so this guy shot his partner and himself all with one bullet. Sort of like words on a radio station. You can't ever take them back. Once that bullet is gone, you can't take it back. Yep, and every bullet fired has a lawyer attached to it. (laughs) So we'll have to see how that goes. So we... We are going to have to take a break here for a few minutes, but we will be right back because there's plenty more guns, weapons, and politics to discuss here. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Quick Stakes. 
That's Q-U-I-K Steaks are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quicksteak.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Steaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Steaks, Q-U-I-K Steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody out there. This is America's Web Radio, and you're listening to the Locked and Loaded Show, and I am Roger B. And we're going to talk about self-defense for a little bit. Before, we were talking about idiots trying to teach self-defense and shooting themselves in the process. Not the best way to have self-defense if you shoot yourself. So, and then, okay, now this story comes to us from in Houston, Texas. This is going to be difficult. I'm going to try and describe the scenario the best possible way I can. But if you get a chance, there's a video on a website called lawenforcementdaily.com. This is about a man who was being carjacked at his own house. He was parked right in front of his own driveway. He was parked in his driveway in front of his garage at his own house, and he got carjacked. And it starts off, you just see the car sitting there, and you see a man walking down the sidewalk kind of slowly, and there's a car parked in the background kind of on the side of the street there. So this man's walking past the this man's car. Apparently all this was filmed on a home security system. So he had cameras on his house. So there's a great video of this if you go to the website, lawenforcementdaily.com. Watch this video about the man being carjacked at gunpoint by a group of people at his own home. So just as he starts to open the door, somebody, one of the thugs runs up to the side of the car with a gun drawn, pointed it at him, and the guy just grabs the door and tries to close the door, but the guy manages to get the door open, stick the gun in his face, and he starts dragging the guy out of the car. <clears throat> and then a second man runs up who got out of the car that was parked in the street. And now the, the car parked in the street is moving up behind the car being carjacked. A second guy gets out, helps the first guy, push the guy down on the ground. They start going through the guy's pockets. Maybe they, he didn't, they didn't have the keys on them. So they go through his pockets. They got him face down in his own front yard, apparently, or whatever yard he was, house he was parked in. And then in the background, you can see this silver car pulling up. More people jump out. Some of them jump into the car. Others of them jump back into the, the silver car. And they manage to get away with this guy's vehicle. But the, the weird thing about it is it happened so fast. The guy was getting out of his car. He hadn't even set foot out of the car yet. As soon as he cracked the door, this thug was walking behind his car. And as soon as he saw the door open, he ran towards the car, drew his gun, and pointed it at the guy before he even got a foot out of the door. Now, that probably gave him the half a second he needed. He tried to close the door again, but unfortunately he didn't lock it. And even if he did, I don't know that these guys wouldn't have shot him through a closed window. I don't know. You never know with something like that. But it's... It's tough to think. I mean, I put myself in this situation, and I like to think I'm, I'm reasonably experienced. I take training classes. I don't train as much as I'd like because I'm not a full-time, you know, gun runner. I don't, I'm not a police officer. I'm not a law enforcement official. I don't live the lifestyle where I have to carry a gun all the time for my job. I do it for my own personal protection. But this guy was caught completely unaware. 
He was just yanked out of his car, shoved down in the front yard, and these guys grabbed whatever they wanted out of his pockets and took his car. Now, later they found the car, and apparently they have no leads as to who these guys are yet, but there is full video. You can go watch the video, and you can see these guys. They found the car later, but have no leads. So that brings me to my final point of the day. After watching this guy go through this, I'm thinking, you know, how situationally aware are you day to day? Do you see what's happening around you? Do you pay attention to things? Do you, When you walk into a fast food restaurant, let me say, okay, now situational awareness is something we're all born with to some extent. You know, we look around, we observe things around us, but generally in a civilized society, we rarely have to hone that skill or develop it beyond basically not walking into a manhole, not falling into a fountain or walking out into the street into traffic. We look both ways before crossing the street. But it seems like more and more with everything going on, with criminals getting away with more and more, with policemen becoming more and more powerless, it seems like more and more we have to take responsibility for our own protection. And uh, it just seems crazy. And after seeing this video of this guy getting carjacked in his own front yard, it seems like anybody threatening your life, do you really want a guy coming to your house minutes away when that guy's there now robbing you, carjacking you? Do you want to wait for him to get there? When it comes to defense force against potential deadly threats, too much force is almost enough. When someone is threatening your life, nothing is off the table. There is nowhere you shouldn't go to protect your own life. But in order to be prepared, you have to be aware of your situation. Now, I'm not saying you have to be 100% on edge and wound up tight all the time, but you have to be prepared to go into to defense mode at a moment's notice. Now, this carjacking victim, he was caught completely unaware as he got out of the car. Now, I did notice a few things about the video that I would hope would catch my attention before the situation escalated, such as the guy walking behind his car. The, the, the sidewalk was probably 20 feet behind the end of the car, so he was right there. It was, you know, he was within vision of a rearview mirror. He could see this guy walking behind his car. And I know if I was sitting in the car and I looked up and saw somebody in the rearview mirror, I would wait until they passed or I would keep an eye on them before I did anything. Or at least I would grab my weapon. And if he attempted anything, I would be much better prepared. Because as soon as that door opened, if I saw a weapon, I'd be firing until he was on the ground, until the threat was neutralized. But most people in their own neighborhoods, they think their neighborhoods are safe. They think they're pretty quiet. That's why we move to certain neighborhoods. We go to neighborhoods because we want the safety. We want the peace of mind that we have that comes with knowing our neighbors and moving into a place where we think the safety is there. Yeah, Roger, I want to throw out one other thing and, and say, you know, you've put your bet on the table well, I'm going to double it and say, you know, a man is vulnerable. It doesn't matter whether you're my size or your size or what size you are. A man is vulnerable, like you, you watch the right. video. But a woman is twice as vulnerable. Some of them are. Most of them, I'd say. Not not all. But, in, by the way, in the case that you just presented, if, you, if he had had his finger on some pepper spray... He might have been able to deter the guy enough to get back in the car, start it up, and drive away. Yeah, exactly. So, So, you know, your choice of weapons, uh, what am I buying this for? Am I buying it to shoot somebody, or am I buying it for um, momentary self-defense, or, you know? 
Yeah, there's always people who say, well, I don't have to keep it loaded. If I just have the gun, then that'll be enough to scare people off. I would not place a bet on that anywhere. Nope. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll say, it's like, but you got to see, these people think their neighborhoods are safe. That's why they go there. But think about this for a minute. Criminals are not going to go where they have hard targets, where, where they know people are armed, where there's nothing to steal. They're going to go to neighborhoods where they know people have things that are valuable. They're going to know where they know people are more relaxed and not as on edge. They're going to go where they have an easier score, have an easier time of it, because criminals are cowards and they're lazy. Yep. Now, I personally have a much longer driveway, but there are certain things I do to protect myself as well. And the seclusion does add some safety, but at the same time, it would provide cover to somebody who is planning on coming after me for something, who wanted to do something bad. So it has its its goods and its bads. Now, there are things I do. Like when I pull in my driveway, I always look in the rearview mirror as I'm pulling in the driveway to see if there's anybody behind me, to see if anybody's following me up the driveway. Because I've got, you know, a couple hundred feet where I would have time to grab a weapon, jump out of the car, use the car between me and whoever it was, especially if I didn't identify the car or who it was, I'm going to be prepared for that. I had that happen. Somebody followed you home. Yeah. This was, uh, I'd been at a recording session and uh, for uh, some ads that we were doing, and uh, they fell in behind me about... When I left the place I was at, they fell in behind me about a uh, couple of blocks or less and and were on my tail all the way home. And it was wow. hard to pick up on them. And unfortunately, this was before telephones in the car. So oh, right. So you, you, were, you were your own first responder. I was my own first responder. In the, so just to make sure they were following me and possibly had ill intent, when I got to my neighborhood, I went around the block a couple of times, and they continued to follow me. Oh, so you and, confirmed uh, they were uh, they were coming after yeah. you. So uh, I had a, uh, just like I do now. I have a, I had a very steep driveway, and so when I got to my house, I pulled in, hit it, and got up on top of the driveway quickly, and I I carried a little twenty five back then. Hey, well, a gun is better than no gun. And uh, illegally, but this was back before the, the carry laws in Georgia. This was many, many years ago. But as soon as I, I jumped out of the car and got in my kne- kneeling firing position and said a few stout words and come on up and we'll see who wins. <laughs> oh, so you think there, may, there was definitely ill intent there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you don't have somebody follow you for... I don't know how many miles, but miles, and uh, then follow me as I went around the block to make sure they were following me. Right. Now, I've had people pull in my driveway looking for something else, looking for the neighbor's house or something like that. Of course, I was prepared when I walked outside, but, you know, they roll down the window and they're, oh, is this the so-and-so residence? I go, nope, that's next door. So I'm not just going to shoot somebody who pulls in the driveway. I'm not, you know. Yeah. But, you know, someone following you around the block and then coming coming to your house, yeah, there's ill intent there. There's no doubt about it. And I, and the other thing is I had a brand-new car for uh, a so couple of months. It had tags, but it was still... Could have been a victim of a carjacking, perhaps, yeah. if you weren't so aware. I don't know. I, I didn't... I didn't give the oper- give them the opportunity, but you know, like I said, I think if they had, you get in a kneeling pistol firing position, and most people are not going to go further than that unless they uh, go back and call you first and say, "Oh, by the way, I want to come over and talk to you about this." Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, as soon as uh, they they decided to leave, you know, I scurried into the house quickly and didn't know whether they were going to come back and try something then. But Probably got a bigger gun too when you went inside. Yes. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> went from a twenty-five to a thirty-thirty. So. There we go. And and a. Uh, 16 gauge leaning up against the wall so uh that's a little bit early okay well i just wanted to say you know be aware no, it's not either. I'm sorry. now there might be a difference between paranoid and prepared but i'll take prepared every day of the week you know the other thing that i'll say too and and this goes back to i was out of the military and all this and uh, this goes back to you've got to have the mindset am i going to use it oh yeah without and, a doubt that's why training is so important. Exactly. And I had no doubt if, if one of them had literally stepped foot or gotten out of their car and stepped foot on my driveway, there would have been about three rounds going off real fast. Right. Unless they got out hands in the air trying to identify themselves, maybe. But if they come out with hands in their pockets, yeah, I'm going to start firing first. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's the old saying? Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd rather be... Me safe and them sorry. So we'll be back right after this. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works. 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and I am Roger B. Now, oh, by the way, did you uh, did you give Trump permission to use that? What? Locked oh. and loaded. No, it's a generic term. Anybody in the military or police would know what that means. Well, Locked he's and loaded. The commander in chief. Oh, is he using it? Then? Well, yeah. he's commander in chief. He has more right to it than I do. Well, he uh, he, he commands the entire army. He mentioned to uh, Iran that we were locked and loaded. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what I mean. You know, you be prepared. Get ready. Now we're talking about situational awareness. Now, this is something that people have to learn. It's not something you know too much of because in a civilized society we get lazy. Now here's an interesting way to do things to kind of hone your sense of awareness. And you can do this today. Every place you go into, I want you to look around and size people up. 
Try and look around. See who you think might be carrying. See who looks like they might be the least threatening person in the room. Does anyone stand out as odd or different in a weird way? Now, weird way. I don't mean the vaping man bun having skinny jeans wearing dude with the hula hoops in his ears. He's just expressing his individuality. I'm talking about the guy with an unusually large bag with him or the guy who has a hand in his coat pocket even though he's inside. Or if you sit down at a fast food restaurant, do you try and take a table with a good visual vantage point? Do you keep your eye towards the door or on a majority of the people who are in the place? Do you try and sit with your back to the wall? Now, this back-to-the-wall thing, it's actually a very old instinct that men especially have had since caveman days when the man would sit facing or sleeping the entrance to the cave to see any danger coming in, and he would help protect the family or, or the clan or whatever it was he was he was with. He would protect them from danger by being a first responder. He would look to see what was coming through the entrance of his cave first. Then they developed doors, and things got a little easier. But when you walk into a place, do you scan left or right to see what's going on? Would you notice if a robbery was taking in a taking place in a grocery store, if it was off to the far left as you walked in the store? Most stores are actually designed to have you walk in and go to the right. Do you look to the left? Do you look at everybody at the registers? Would you notice if a robbery was going on? Or would you just walk past, grab your cart or your basket, and head on and start doing your shopping without noticing? It's kind of funny, but... I have friends, and when we go out, everybody tends to gravitate toward the GFS. And the GFS is the gunfighter seat. Now, you might be wondering, what in the hell is a gunfighter seat? Well, it's usually the seat with the best visual vantage point. But along with this seat, if you get the seat, comes great responsibility. You have to be the one to spot the guy walking into the restaurant in a trench coat on a 90-plus degree day. And you point them out to everybody else at the table who is like-minded. Now, of course, in order to claim the GFS, you must be carrying, obviously, because otherwise what would be the sense of that? But it's just things you can do every day to try and enhance, enhance your awareness. And, you know, and start off just thinking of it as a game. Just walk in and try and look around at everybody sitting there and see what's going on. See what they're doing. Are they sitting on their phone? Are they darting their eyes nervously around the room? Are they seem to be looking at their watch? Are they waiting for somebody? Is somebody rustling a bunch of kids in the corner trying to keep them calm, eat their food, or, you know, keep them calm in a grocery store while they're trying to shop? You know, if you see a guy walking around taking pictures of a store, then that's something to be aware of. Or if you're in a Walmart and somebody's walking around with a AR-15, you might be a little suspicious. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's the thing. If you walked into a Walmart, do you look both left and right? Do you see if there's somebody walking around with one? And it doesn't start inside the building. It starts outside. Oh, parking lots are even more dangerous than stores or restaurants. Absolutely. When you get out, when I, ever I get out of my car, I check my mirrors, I look around the car to see if anybody's waiting for me. Because that would be a perfect place to have an attack. And coming back to your car. Yep. Especially, again, for women in parking lots. Yep. Uh, They can be even more vulnerable because most men think they can overpower women if there's no weapon involved. Absolutely. But even when men, you come out, you've got stuff in your hands. That's probably puts you at a much more vulnerable position. And you have to consider, if you saw somebody, would you... Would you be able to just drop everything, grab your weapon, and proceed? Or would you try and fumble to keep your stuff from hitting the ground? I mean, 
you have to get your priorities straight. Your life is more important than anything you just carried out of the Walmart. It's also more important than your uh, 399 bag of food from a fast food joint that you just walked out with, assuming you didn't use the drive-thru. But, yeah, I mean, that's something. Just be aware of things every day. Pay attention. We had a, another incident, and I, I used to work at home, and uh, my wife had gone to the grocery store. And, uh, you know, I heard her come back in, and uh, I knew that, well, I knew she'd bought, obviously bought groceries, and I was going to carry them in for her. But uh, a guy had followed her from the grocery store. And uh Whoa. was rather surprised when I walked out of the back door and through the garage and walked out. And I, I wasn't even caring, but uh, he hadn't gotten out of his car, but he took off. And I asked, you know, what, what the hell's going on? And she said, well, when I left the grocery store, I noticed that uh, he was next to me. And she she hadn't noticed that he, he followed her, her all the way home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, they're just they're just. You never know, and you can't be too prepared, in my opinion. Right. And and I know a lot of people say, oh, you're so paranoid. It's like, no, no, I'm prepared. You know, you have to, you do relax, but you also have to look around, be aware of what's going on, especially right now. You know, with the way things are going, there's such, I mean, people are arguing with people over political opinions, you know, threatening to kill and hang people or, you know, cut people's heads off because of where they stand politically. This is ridiculous. They're making death threats. Oh, no, it was just a joke. Well, when you're holding the head of a bloodied president saying it's just a joke, I don't think that's a joke. That's that's where you cross the line. And you give other people the idea that that's okay. So you always have to be aware, be careful, look around. Next time you walk into a fast food place, I want you to scan the place completely and see where you're going to sit. Especially if you're carrying, you look around, you see, where do I have the best vantage point? Where can I see the door? Where can I see where people are coming from? Is there a spot I can be against the wall and be able to see the whole restaurant from there? Now, also, a lot of places have a lot of windows, and windows are probably easier to see people coming and going especially you see somebody in the parking lot from a window and you see them heading for the front door and you see them carrying a weapon or something like that something they probably should not be carrying in their arms as they walk into a place that gives you an advantage then again you have to be aware of where your exits are is there more than one of them are you paying attention to where they are be aware of who else is in the restaurant if something were to happen you look around and you decide who would be most likely to jump up and help defend the people in here? Who would be most likely to fight back? Who would be the one who I could count on for backup, possibly? Now, of course, you don't know this until you actually get to know people, but you you kind of learn to judge them. And, yes, you are profiling, absolutely. But you're not hiring these people for a job. You're just trying to determine what their mindset might be. The guy who's wearing a military shirt, who's pretty puffed up, he's got he's been working out. You know, he may be the guy you can say, okay, he would be somebody for backup, perhaps. You know, he would be somebody I could count on. You know, if something happened, he might be somebody to coordinate with to help save the rest of the people in the restaurant. You never can tell. You know, but a it, good, good analogy to this is um, the lady that stands up in front of you in the airplane and says, 
note that the overhead doors are here and points to them and and here is your other escape route she's not saying hey the plane's going to fall out of the sky she's just saying if you need it know where it is (laughs) don't be paranoid but be prepared that's probably the key thing today is to be prepared so this week if you don't already have too many things to do give it a try who knows it may save your life one day or might make all your friends think you're just ridiculously paranoid. <laughs> but remember, there's a fine line between prepared and paranoid. And if nothing happens, you're paranoid. But if something does happen, you were prepared. So it just it's all a matter of perspective. It's like in history. You know, at the end of the day, when you look back, you always see things a little differently than when they actually happened. So that's something we want to do. Be situationally aware. Be prepared. And be prepared to defend those you love, your property, yourself. And not be afraid, but be observant. There's nothing wrong with looking around, seeing what's going on around you. Besides, it gives you an excuse to put your phone down for a few minutes and actually see people. You know, you never know who you might run into. (laughs) You might meet your next ex-wife. Who knows? That's all you have to do. Find her grocery shopping. At least you know she knows how to cook, unless she's buying all frozen foods, in which case... Yeah, I know. Most women are thinking, oh, yeah, like just women shop. Yeah, there's guys out there shopping, too. Watch what they get. You may find a guy who's a great cook as well. But pay attention because, you know, bad guys usually aren't as good about hiding their intentions as they would think they are. They definitely will give signs that something is going to go wrong, that something is going to happen. So be prepared, pay attention, and don't let anybody get the jump on you. Like I say, if you get a chance, watch that video on lawenforcementdaily.com. It will scare the bejeez out of you. I think you had it, too. That uh, and, and I've had cops tell me exactly the same thing, that uh, it, the bad guys aren't going to come to an area that they feel like most every house here has guns. Or is poor and doesn't have anything to steal. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, they don't want to run into a gun any more than you want to have to pull it. But, uh, you know, that can happen. And your phone can go off when you weren't expecting it to. And that's a rookie mistake. I know. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Well, things happen. What can I say? Anyway. Um, okay. No, you're, you're right. You can't be too prepared. Yeah. That's right. And start off small. Like I say, next time you walk into, I mean, I know a lot of people drive through. But if you walk into a fast food restaurant, pay attention. Walk around. Or look as you walk into any store, any place you go into, look to left and right, full 180s. Look to see people. Pay attention to who's there. See if you see anything unusual. And as they say, stay frosty. It means be aware, be careful, pay attention. A lot of things can be avoided if you pay attention. Or as they say, stay frosty, my friends. This Law enforcement, military, anybody who... Anybody who's a gunner for a living, if you carry a gun for a living, you tell your fellow workers, your fellow mates, stay frosty. I thought it was, I got your six. There's that too. Oh, okay. But it's just a general warning. Because everybody goes out, you tell them, stay frosty. It means just be aware, be careful. And I want all our listeners on America's Web Radio to stay frosty and be aware. Well, with that being said, we're going to have to bail out of here. Roger, thank you as always, and a good show, and we'll see you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.